Namaste. I'm Reverend Wendy Craig Purcell here at the Unity Center in beautiful San Diego. Thank you so much for subscribing to this channel. Please make sure that you like the video you've just watched and consider making a contribution on our app or on our website. It's really easy to do. And thank you in advance for that support. It does make a difference. The creative life. How many of you are familiar with Eric Butterworth, Unity Minister Eric Butterworth? He has got to be my, was, he's no longer with us, my favorite Unity Minister. I so relate to his teachings, to the, his, his way of looking at the Unity message and teachings. He's much loved by most ministers in Unity. He's thought of as the Emerson of Unity, very, very transcendentalist in his approach to the Unity teachings. And his book, The Creative Life, which is still available on Amazon, there are still a few copies there. I think we have one in, in the bookstore. His book, The Creative Life, presents seven keys to untapping and reaching our inner, inner genius. And they are based on his exploration of a metaphysical understanding of the story of creation in Genesis. The story of creation in Genesis. Now, within our unity community, within our unity movement, there's a wide range of people's familiarity with the Bible. Some are pretty knowledgeable about the Bible and have read the Bible. Many in unity grew up in a, a mainline faith tradition, and so they had that approach to the Bible. But there are also those in unity who either grew up in a faith that used the Bible in a very fearful and, um, and damaging kind of way, and they want nothing at all to do with it. And then the easiest ones, I think, are those who almost have no acquaintance with the Bible and can approach it with fresh eyes and with, with, open, with openness. What's important for me to say and for you to understand about unity's relationship to the Bible is that we look at it mystically and metaphysically. We do not see the Bible as the inerrant, literal word of God. And there we depart from many approaches to Christianity. But nonetheless, we don't believe you have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We do believe that within the Bible, which is also true of all sacred writings and texts, are universal spiritual principles and ideas, often hidden within story form. And Eric Butterworth was one that really unpacked much of the stories in the Bible and said, here's a way to look at them mystically and metaphysically to improve your life. In this book, The Creative Life, what he's done is, is he has um, looked at the creation story in the book of Genesis. The first day, God said, let there be light. Let there be light. And it is an allegorical story. There is not an anthropomorphic being that in seven days created the world, the universe, and everything in it. It's, but when we look at it mystically, we can see that there are steps. There are keys in each of those seven days of creation when looked at mystically and metaphysically that can help us today 
in creating more of the life that we would like to be living. Butterworth writes, the creation story is not something God does or did. It is what God is. Creativity is a God process in you expressing as you. Creativity is the God process in you expressing as you. The God process, the spiritual process, if that word God is hard for you, expressing in you and as you. And the seven days of creation outline metaphysically the important keys to releasing one's creative genius. And so we're going to look today and for the next seven weeks at each of the days of creation and, and take a peek at, well, what is the key contained in that day that we can use as we start this new year and want to create a better year for ourselves? I imagine that whether you were with us for the burning bowl service or not, that you've already been thinking about what do you want to bring forth? Hopefully you've let go of what you don't want to carry with you, but what do you want to bring forth in the new year? You've already been thinking about that. And so here is a key. Let there be light. Light. Four keys from the idea of let there be light that Eric brings that I want to share. The first, the world needs more light. Light in the terms of insight into ourselves. Insight into ourselves. Guidance along life's ways and knowledge of the secrets of the universe. Knowing how things work. Knowing how things work. More light, more insight into ourselves. It's been said that we are the biggest problem we will ever have to face. That we stand in our own way. Have you ever felt that way about yourself? If you could just get out of your own way, I don't know if I'm the only one that's felt that way, but I've felt that many times. If I could just get out of my own way. We stand in our own way. More light, more insight into ourselves. In each of the days of creation and the story, there's a very powerful word that begins the process, and it is the word let. When you hear the word let, how does that land in you? How does that feel for you? When I hear the word let, to me it conveys openness. To me it conveys this idea of allowing, not grasping or pushing or forcing, but allowing, being with, let there be light. Butterworth writes, so when God says, let there be light, it does not connote a tiny beam of light energy flowing into your life. It means the whole of God light present in its entirety at the point where you are. Not just a tiny beam of light, but the whole of God light, the whole luminosity, the whole luminescence right where you are. When Jesus said, I am the light of the world, he was not referring to himself. He was referring to or pointing to the I am within, the God presence within, the divine within. Too often we've looked at him or really any spiritual teacher as being it. 
when in fact, if we really understood what they were about, they weren't saying, look at me, I have found it. They were saying, look at what I am pointing to, and you will see and experience it as well. And when you do, you will be empowered to live your life differently. You will come to understand things that heretofore have been in the dark for you. Let there be light. Too often we seek the light outside of ourselves, in another person or another thing. But the deeper teaching is a seeking of the light within. The seeking of the light within. It is where the presence of the divine comes alive in you. The second key to this idea of let there be light is so we ask, well, how do we access it? How do we access it? Butterworth suggests that prayer is the experience that we need. I like the way he words it. Prayer is the experience of recentering ourselves in that inner light. Think about that for a moment. It may present to you a different approach to your prayer life. Prayer is the experience of recentering ourselves in the inner light. We can look at meditation, and there are many forms of meditation. We can look at meditation as being the same, a recentering ourselves in that inner light, and then he says, becoming a transparency of that light, recentering ourselves in it, and then becoming a transparency of the radiance of that light. Prayer for many, though, may require a rethinking of our concept of God. Many have grown up with an understanding or a belief in God as an anthropomorphic being residing somewhere in the universe, directing and controlling everything. And in our practice of prayer and unity, we, we look at all of this so very differently. We do not see an anthropomorphic being as God, but rather that God is the divine presence and the power within each of us and doesn't really care what we call it, doesn't really care whether we believe in it or not, but the, regardless of what we call it and regardless of whether we believe in it or not, it is still present. It is still present. You can't lose it. You can ignore it. You can be asleep to it. And so this idea of accessing the light requires a certain activity on our part, is what, what Butterworth is saying. And that activity is a recentering, a reconnecting ourselves with God consciousness. To pray rightly is to pray not to God, but from an awareness of the presence of God. Not to pray to God, but to pray from an awareness of the presence. And when we do, we begin to see things differently. As I was working on this lesson some time ago, I came across an article that was fascinating to me. It was an article by and about a French author and activist who was um, blinded 
at the age of seven or eight in a school accident. His name was Jacques Lusson. I think I'm saying it somewhat close, Yvette Lusson. Um, and it's an essay he wrote about some of his experiences. There's a, a book of his essays, but this one was in an essay entitled Blindness, a New, a, a New Seeing of the World, written by a person that became blind at the age of seven and then lived to be quite um, an activist as well as a highly educated individual. And part of what he writes about in this article is he tells a story of how he's lost his eyesight and that though he did wound up doing really well in school, that he was very, very smart, he was increasingly disturbed by the absence of any recognition in education that the world is not just outside ourselves, it's also inside ourselves. And he describes the experience that led him to that as a young person recently blind, the frightening experience, can you imagine? The frightening experience of how do you navigate physically in the world between people and objects and how do, you, how do you navigate? And how challenging that was for him and how frightening. But let me read this. He says, but early on, he made a discovery that though he could not see the light of the world outside, the light was still within him. He found that as long as he paid attention to the light within him, he rarely had problems getting around. And he also discovered that there was only one way to see this inner light, and that was through love. And then in the essay, as he writes about his experience, he shares how when he might have been experiencing anger or deep sadness, that he, in experiencing those emotions, he was falling out of the experience of love and that inner light that was guiding him in his physical world somewhat was dimmed and so he struggled more. And the only way to bring back some of the ease of navigating was to re-engage with love. And that was a connecting link for him to reconnect with this inner light, this inner light. If someone who experienced blindness can help us find our way to this inner light by having experienced it himself, what an inspiration. What a powerful teaching tool for us. A third key idea that Butterworth presents in this first day of creation where God said, let there be light and out of the stillness, and out of the darkness, and out of the void, out of the dark, came the light. He says, you are creative. You are creative because you are an expression of divine mind. You are a conduit of divine mind. You are creative because you are an expression of it. You are an, both an inlet and an outlet of it. And he reminds us, as I did earlier when I was do the, sharing the readings with you, that the truth of the matter is we are all creative. We may not like everything we're creating in our lives, 
but we are nonetheless all creative. We are bringing forth, consciously or otherwise, the quality and the texture and the flavor and the energy of the life that we are living. And we can choose to be more deliberate in our creation. We can choose to be more mindful of how we are interacting with this divine force within us to bring about what it is that we desire and to remind ourselves that there are many ways that creativity expresses. Your greatest creativity is going to express through your natural talents and gifts. We each have natural talents and gifts, but they often go unrecognized in us because they are things that for us come so automatically and easily, we sometimes don't even think about it, and therefore we dismiss it as a gift, thinking that, well, everybody else can do that as well. But that's not true. Our natural talents and gifts tend to fall under very broad categories. Categories such as the ability to teach, the ability to connect, the ability to see and bring things together. When we recognize our unique talents and gifts, then we need to be about cultivating them. And this is how we begin to create more of what it is that we want to experience. Creative people are great conduits of energy. I love to be around creative people. I, I don't care what they're creating. I just find the atmosphere, the energy of genuine creativity to be very attractive whether it's somebody creating something mechanical or somebody creating something beautiful, that process to me really is a sacred process to witness. To me, it is like that individual plugging in with the divine, whether they know they're doing that or not, and accessing something. Ren, I'm looking at you and I'm thinking of the beautiful paintings that you have done, and I've got to imagine that when you're in your greatest moment of, of painting, that there's got to be in some way a plugging in. You're plugging into something that's you and more than you. Brahms was interviewed one time about his, his ability to create music. And in the book, Talks with Great Composers, the author quotes Brahms as saying this, I always contemplate my oneness with the Creator before commencing to compose. I immediately feel, excuse me, I immediately feel vibrations that fill my whole being. I see clearly what is obscure in my ordinary moods. Straight away the ideas flow in upon me, and measure by measure the finished product is revealed. That sounds to me like he was plugging into the divine light, that he was a conduit for that, but that he made the conscious choice to connect. Remember Butterworth 
suggests that the way that we connect is through prayer. This plugging in, if you will, this recentering on ourselves and the awareness of light. When you do your prayer work this evening or tomorrow morning, or you do your meditation work, imagine, try it on for size. See what happens if when you begin, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> when you begin that process, that you begin it with the idea, <clears throat> excuse me, that you begin it with the idea of being centered in the light, a conduit for the light. And just notice if that feels any different to you. Just notice if there's any intuitive flash of insight or idea that comes to you. And then the last point, key that he brings out that I want to highlight in this first day of creation of let there be light, is that the genius does not differ from others in the access to the light within, only in their confident acceptance of its natural outstreaming. There is a hidden genius in each person, which each of us gives expression to through commitment, discipline, and the enthusiasm that works with passion. And from that point forward, then, Butterworth reminds us that it's not just plugging into this idea of the light, making that divine connection, that then we've got to get to work. There's something that we probably have to do when we get up off our meditation mat, when we get up off our affirmations, when we finish the silent plugging in, there's probably an action and something we are meant to do and to keep doing. The way that we get better at any of our natural talents and skills is with consistency and with practice. And so as you are sitting here and as I'm standing here thinking about this new year and being fresh with the ideas of what we're wanting to bring forth, can we do so with the commitment to plugging into the divine, to asking as we begin our day, as we begin our task, as we begin to work toward that goal, work toward that dream? Let there be delight. Let me connect with the light. Let me see from the light. Let me bring forth the light. Let me be guided by the light. And then just watch what happens. Just watch what starts to unfold. Namaste.